Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Before we dive into this week's episode, and I tell you what it's all about, let me take a moment to thank you for your patience in this week's episode getting out. It is a couple of days behind schedule. Let me explain. I've just arrived back from China, which was incredible, and I planned to record a couple of podcast episodes over there. But China has this firewall that blocks nearly everything on the internet. So, Google, Google Drive, Gmail, my work emails, Facebook, Instagram, and unfortunately, Anchor, which is the platform that we record this podcast through. So that threw a spanner in the works. But then I came back, went straight to a conference, which was incredible. Richard Branson was speaking at it, and now I'm finally back in BUHQ. Back in front of the microphone and ready to produce some amazing podcast episodes. We've got some incredible ones coming up, but the one I'm talking about today is I'm going to share with you guys my five-minute habit that I've built that sets me up for a great day. And I know that's a big call, but this is something you can do in five minutes in the morning that's really going to increase your likelihood of achieving more in your day, of being less stressed throughout your day, being less anxious. And just feeling more fulfilled and honestly, like out of everything I've learned, this is up there in my top five strategies for really effective and practical ways to look after your well-being. And the fact that it takes five minutes a day, one piece of paper and one pen makes it all that much better. So if you're someone who feels like they're a bit on Groundhog Day, they get to the end of the day and feel like they haven't really done much or you can't remember what you did or you're just really stressed and anxious and burnt out, you've got those hundred to-do lists in your head listen to this episode because this strategy is going to make such a difference in your personal development and in your well-being. So with that said, we're going to jump straight into it. Thanks for joining me, guys. Let's do it. So if you're a long-time listener of the show, you may remember way back when on episode 47, I spoke about how to put together the perfect morning routine. Now, if you haven't listened to that episode yet, make sure you do. It's gonna, it's really like the full deep dive version. Like if you want to go into an insanely effective morning routine and build something incredible, that's the episode for you. This episode is about a really short, punchy, and effective technique you can use first thing in the morning to set yourself up for success throughout the day. So episode 47, as I said, more about the detail, nitty-gritty going into like building big one hour long, one and a half hour long morning routines that are super effective. This episode, more if you're like time poor, if you're busy, if you're like, man, I don't have an hour and a half in the morning for a morning routine. I don't care how good it is. I don't have an hour and a half available. This is the episode for you then. So lately, I've been using this strategy and I love it. Now, it's a bit of a combination of a few strategies. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you've probably heard me talk about gratitude lists before. You've probably heard me talk about to-do lists and goal setting. And you've probably heard me talk about active journaling. Well, this is a technique that combines all three of those things on one page. So let's break each section down first, right? Basically, how it all works is I wake up in the morning. Normally, first thing I do is go to the gym. That's my normal morning routine, blah, 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 blah. But at some point in the morning, a mandatory for me is that I sit down and I meditate for five minutes 
at minimum. Could be longer, but let's say five minutes is minimum. And then I do some active journaling. And then I write what I'm grateful for. And then I set my plan for the day. Now, forgive me, I was mistaken before I said this technique combines three different strategies for well-being on one page. If you count meditation at the start, it's combining four proven strategies for personal development and well-being. Like, talk about being effective. I, I joke with people that I'm a lazy coach. And if I can find something that groups together effective strategies, I'm all for it. Like, I'm not about making 100 changes. I'm about, let's find a few things that work really well and double down on them. So, first, let's talk meditation. If you do not meditate, call it as it is now, you need to start. I don't care if you've tried it before and you hate it. I tried it for like a year and could not get into it. I was just not a fan. And then eventually, I got the hang of it. Let me promise you something. Any skill in life, you're not going to enjoy the first time because you're going to suck at it. You probably didn't love the very, very first time you are on a bike because you fell off, grazed your knee and bled everywhere. You didn't love the first time you tried to learn a language because you didn't understand any of the words. Right? Meditation is a skill. And like any other skill, you are going to suck at the start. So... Go and learn it, whether it's through Headspace, whether it's through YouTube, whether it's a full course, whether it's going away and doing a guided meditation retreat, or whether it's just sitting in silence in the morning. Anything to do with just tuning in to your gut instinct, to your intuition. The mistake a lot of people make is they wake up and instantly look external for their answers in life. They jump on social media, they you know, read a book, they turn on the telly, they turn on the radio, and it's just all this external noise And they're not listening to that whisper inside of them, that intuition, that gut instinct that's there telling us the best thing, the best move, the best things we can possibly do, if only we would hear it, if only we would listen to it. And I get it. Like, I did that for such a long time. I was so distracted by the external noise and the chit-chat and all the bright, shiny objects. I tuned myself out. And this process has really helped me reconnect with it. So one, you've got to meditate. Now, meditation, if you've listened to the podcast, you would have heard on previous episodes, I don't believe meditation is about sitting cross-legged and saying, Aum, and uh, you know, shaving your head and wearing Buddhist monks, uh, monk robes. You don't have to go all nine yards with it. Meditation can be as simple as lying in bed before you get out of bed closing your eyes and focusing on your breath. Breathing really deeply down into your stomach and your diaphragm and breathing out with a sigh of relief, like just letting the shoulders melt away and the muscles relax. Taking a slow, conscious, intentional start to your day. And if you haven't done that yet and you're listening to this episode, let's do it now. Now, don't close your eyes if you're driving, obviously, but if you are somewhere safe where you can close your eyes, do so. Otherwise, you can do this with your eyes open. Just rest a hand on your belly. Take a nice, deep breath in, ideally through the nose, but it can be through the mouth, all the way down to the stomach and diaphragm. Hold for a little bit at the top, and then let it out with almost a sigh of relief. Breathing in, holding, and 
again, breathing out. One more time. Breathing in. Holding. And breathing out. Now you'll notice as you do this, you begin to reach this place of calm, peaceful clarity. It's difficult to explain. It's like a sense of feeling grounded and at ease and still. The mind stops racing. The body just releases a lot of tension. It can take a long time to get there. It can take a short time. Every day is a little bit different for me. That's why I said it's a minimum of five minutes. Sometimes it's up to 30 minutes for me when I meditate. But you think whatever you need to think, do whatever you need to do, take as long or as little as you need to reach that place of calm, peaceful clarity. Because when you get there, that's when you're ready to listen to your gut instincts, when you're ready to listen to your intuition. So again, I'll start my day at some point in the morning. It's a mandatory. I do a bit of deep breathing, a bit of meditation, slow down, and I get ready to listen. Now, the next step is active journaling, which if you've been listening to the podcast for a while or following BU on our website for a while, we've written so many articles on active journaling. We used to do an active journaling challenge twice a week. Active journaling is an incredible way to get insight into your mind and get better understanding about what's happening there. So all of the time, like the problem is we're chasing thoughts around our head and we're only ever getting the tail end of them. So we're always eluding us and then very quickly those thoughts can snowball on each other and mix together and it just becomes a big, loud mess in our mind. And if you've ever struggled with feeling anxious or stressed, you can relate to that sense of just your mind being full and being really fast and busy and crowded. So active journaling allows us to really begin to explore that and unravel it. Like that meditation and deep breathing we just did slows down the snowball effect. And then active journaling helps unravel it and, and, and pick it apart and you know, help us get this really deep understanding of ourselves. Now, with active journaling, we, write, we have a trigger question. And then we write whatever comes to mind, like no judgment on our answer. It could be... Uh, single words, it could be sentences, it could be a story, it could be uh, feelings, pictures, right? whatever comes to mind, we get out of our head and onto a page. We don't worry about spelling or grammar. And as we have it all come out, we keep going, keep going, keep going until we've got nothing left to say, until it's run out. And then we can go back and reread it and look for like the key takeaway messages or the, the common themes. Now, if you do this daily, you'll start to find common threads. Like a big ball of yarn, that common thread is if you pull it, the whole thing unravels. So what we're looking for is the common thread. So for example, in mine, if I notice mine is repeatedly coming up about relationships, chances are there's something I need to be looking at in relationships that I should be working on for my personal development and my well-being. If it's repeatedly about career, I'll do that. If it's repeatedly about money, it's, you know, it again, it just helps us get that clarity. Now, For this particular technique that I'm talking about on this episode, this particular strategy, the trigger question is, what does my heart want from me today? And that's a key thing. What does my heart want from me today? Too often, we live from our heads. We live in our shoulders up. 
We do what's smart or what's right or what's logical or what makes sense, but we don't do what our heart desires. As a child, we live exclusively from the heart. And that can be, you know, problematic. But we have this sense of life, of playfulness, of joy. As we become late adolescents, early 20s, move into our adults, we get taught to live more and more from our head and do what's smart and logical and right and to ignore the heart or not listen to it or not take action on it. I believe the most powerful thing we can do is live from a balance of heart and head. So why don't I ask myself in the active journaling, what does my head want from me? Well, it's because I've been living from my head for so long that I'm very good at knowing that. And in a way, what my head wants for me will come out in the to-do list part of this later, in the goal setting part. This is the act of doing what does my heart want from me today. It's very intuitive. It's very feminine energy. And it's leaning into that, like the goal setting and the living from your head, very masculine energy. We need both. But heart is normally so overlooked and so forgotten about. So again, I'll have meditated for a little bit by now and then I'll just ask myself, when I feel I've reached that place of calm, peaceful clarity, I'll say to myself, what does my heart want from me today? And whatever comes to mind, I'll write. And this normally takes about a third of a page to a full page. Like a third of a page to half a page. Some days it'll... You know, be half a page, some days it'll be a couple of sentences. This morning's one I'm looking at now is only three sentences long. Other days, it's been much longer. So again, about half a page at max. So what does my heart want from me today? And I write whatever comes to mind. Then I go down and the bottom half of the page I split in two. Now on one side, I have my gratitude list. So I write, what am I grateful for today? And again, this is probably something you've heard me hammer on about time and time again. Gratitude lists are incredibly powerful things. Uh, Positive psychology has found that practicing gratitude regularly can increase your well-being and and your mood by up to 40%. And that's insane. Like a 40% increase in how you feel about yourself and your life just by practicing gratitude. Incredible. But it's it's also shown to make us more resilient, to make us handle stress better. Like it's a very clear gratitude practice is so important. Again, it's like meditation. If you're not currently doing a gratitude list, start doing a gratitude list. There's no two ways about it. Like everyone who listens to this episode should now be meditating and doing a gratitude list at bare minimum. The active journaling, definitely recommend it. Big fan of it. But like if you only do two things from this episode, meditate, gratitude every day. So the gratitude list, we write down what three things am I grateful for and why? Now, if you're a fan of, of categories, I like to have categories here. I'll choose uh, someone else I'm grateful for and why, a random thing I'm grateful for in my life and why, and something about myself that I'm grateful for and why. So, for example, um, today I've got, you know, I'm really grateful for my mechanic because they're amazing. They deliver a phenomenal service. This episode is not sponsored by them. I should talk to them about that. The reason I'm grateful for my mechanic today is I was driving my car to the mechanics to get fixed and my tire popped whilst I was driving there. And so I called them and they came down and fixed it on the side of the road and then they've taken it to the workshop. So just really impressed with that level of service. So I wrote, I'm really grateful for my mechanic because they came and they saved me out of a tricky situation. I could still get home in time to coach today. I didn't have to reschedule any sessions. And even as I tell that story to you now, like I'm smiling. 
like my mood lifts, I'm happy about it. That's the power of a gratitude list. When you write what you're grateful for and why, it triggers dopamine release. It triggers like these feel-good chemicals flood our body. It's it's so hard to feel stressed and grateful at the same time. And the, it's like a muscle. If we use our stress muscle, it's going to get stronger and we're going to be better at using it. If we use our gratitude muscle, we're going to get stronger with it. So this daily gratitude practice is just training our brain to look for what's good in life. Look at what's good for us. Look at what you know, makes life worth living, what what makes beauty in the world. And so again, I'll write down three things I'm grateful for and why, and those categories, if you miss them, someone else you're grateful for and why, uh, a random miscellaneous thing. So my random miscellaneous thing today was Ted, our dog, which I suppose you could also argue could fit in the category of someone else. Um, but I'm really grateful for Ted. Ted sits under my desk all the time. He's not here at the moment. He just walked out of the uh, office when I started to record. I think he gets a bit sick of hearing my voice when I record the podcast. He's probably napping somewhere. But Ted is our, uh, my dog. He's a chocolate Labrador across Staffy and he's incredible. And I'm really grateful for him because he brings a really warming, nurturing presence to the office space. And you know, if I'm ever feeling a bit lonely, I can pat him and hang out with him. So that's my miscellaneous one today. And then the third category, as I said, is something about myself that I'm really grateful for. Something that could be personality, something that could be appearance. Uh, today, I wrote down, I'm really grateful for my drive and my sense of commitment and follow through. Um, you know, the podcast was a couple of days late. I started to tell myself, oh, you know, maybe I'll just leave it. It'll be fine. But that that sense of drive and commitment and follow through was like, no, nope, we're getting this podcast out. We're giving this to the people. Um, yeah. So those are the three things that made my gratitude list. So once you've done your gratitude list, the last thing you do is very masculine, very you know masculine energy, very head focused. But this is where we write down our to-do list for the day. So we go back through, what does my heart want from me today? And we see, is there anything in there that I can do today? Now, I always put it down with my normal to-do list. Like I look in my calendar for this. I'll look in my Trello, which is what we use at BU for project management. I look to see if I've told anyone I'm going to do something today for them. And I look at what my heart wants from me. Now, the trick with this is we're doing a a good to-do list, right? Dot points, no numerical order because numerical order suggests value and no task is better or worse than other tasks. But just get them all on a page, get them out of your head. The the less energy your mind has to spend remembering your to-do list, the better. Like honestly, so much wasted energy goes into trying to remember what you were meant to do in a day. Just write it down. Like write it down in the morning. Have it in a book. Now, there's two tricks. One, you've got to make sure at least one item relates to what your heart wants from you today. I don't care how busy your day is. If you cannot prioritize doing one thing for yourself that your heart has asked you to do, that's not good enough. Right? You can have the busiest day in the world. I've had days where I've had six, seven coaching sessions. So, you know, been doing seven hours of coaching, going to the gym, doing stuff in the house, having meetings. It is mandatory to find one thing, one thing that relates to what your active journaling said your heart wants from you. Listen to your heart, honor it, follow through. So we get one thing minimum on the page. Then the rest of the stuff we can fill in now. The next trick is you've got to try and get it to seven tasks. The reason is, as soon as it's more than seven, it starts to become overwhelming. There's this psychological trick where seven seems to be the cutoff number for what our brain can focus on and process. When you go past that, you're more likely to be overwhelmed by your to-do list, more likely to be stressed by it, and you're actually less likely to do it. 
that you're less likely to complete it. And you'd know this if you've ever written a, a to-do list that was so long that the pure act of writing it was so overwhelming that you needed to have a nap. That's what I'm talking about. Or, you know, another good case of this overwhelm from information. Have you ever jumped on Netflix to decide to watch something and then you spent so long browsing all of the movies on there and then decide that you didn't like any of them? Yeah, it's because you were paralyzed by choice. There were too many options. If there were just seven movies on Netflix, I guarantee you that wouldn't happen. You'd just log on, you'd choose one of the seven, you'd go. So sometimes more choice is actually bad for us. Same with our to-do list. Trying to cram too much on actually decreases our likelihood of being successful, decreases the likelihood of us achieving things throughout the day. It is not good for us. Now, how you eliminate the seven. One, you go, can any of these be delegated? Like, can someone else do them? Can they be deferred and pushed back to a later date? Or can they be deleted? So delegate, defer, delete. So again, delegate, can someone else do this? Defer, can this be done later? Or delete, really, is this actually that important? Does it need to be done? Is it important? Or can I just go, you know what, screw it, that doesn't matter. So we try and defer, delegate, delete. Now, there are some days where you will still have more than seven commitments in the day. Right? There'll be some days where you've just got tons of things booked in and for whatever reason, you've committed everything on one day and there's more than seven even after you defer delegate and delete. Cool. Now the goal is as fast as possible, as soon as you finish writing that list, tick off as many as you can to get to the seven left to go. If you can start your day, like today, for example, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, I've got 12 things on my to-do list today. So significantly more than seven. But as soon as I realized that and there was stuff that I couldn't delegate or I didn't want to delete or, or push back any further because I'd already pushed it back a couple of days. I went, right, I've got this. I wrote this one at like 8 a.m. this morning. I was like, I've got until 9 when I start coaching to try and tick off five of these things. Now, I didn't get all five. I got four down. So it got me to that eight mark. But you know what's cool is that sets momentum. It sets the mood for the day. It sets the tone. If you can start your day going, wow, I've already ticked four things off my to-do list. Like that sense of accomplishment carries through the rest of the day and it drives energy, it drives momentum. So again, if you do nothing other than this, like listen to this episode, go get yourself a journal or a notebook or even just a block of April paper, get a pen. Every morning, you meditate five minutes minimum. You then ask yourself, what does my heart want from me today? And you write your to-do list. So you you write your answers. So you do the active journaling on it. Then you do your gratitude journal. What are three things I'm grateful for and why? And finally, you write your to-do list for the day. You cut it to seven and then you go take action on it. That in total, like in total, 10 minutes. I know I said five minutes only at the start. I know I said it only take five minutes a day. I wasn't counting the meditation part. Like I was counting the actual implementation of the strategy. The meditation is like a setup. It's like the warm-up before the game, right? So if you want to count the meditation to like 10 minutes in your morning and it just increases your likelihood of accomplishing more in the day, of feeling less stressed and overwhelmed, of, of you know, taking really good steps forward in your self-care and in your personal development. If you cannot give 10 minutes to yourself in the morning, if you can't give 10 minutes to yourself at some point in the day, there's a huge problem there. 
prioritize your well-being for 10 minutes. Do this practice. Let me know how you go with it. And uh, yeah, share your stories. Like honestly, I'm really excited to hear about how you find this because this, like I've been doing it for the last couple of weeks. I used to do it a few months ago, maybe a year ago now, and I fell off the bandwagon. I'm human as well, but I'm back on the bandwagon and I'm doing it and it's working really well. So I highly recommend you jump on it as well. Let me know how you go with it. And uh, please do share your stories, whether you want to flick a message through Facebook uh, or Instagram or straight to email. Um, you know, just find me Declan Edwards on Facebook or Declan Edwards underscore BU on Instagram and Declan at BUcoaching.org via email. Send me your stories. How did this go for you? Did it work? Maybe even take a photo of your list of, of you practicing this, throw it up on social media and uh, tag me. I'd love to see them. I think, I think it's, again, the more I see people applying what we talk about on this podcast and making an impact in their life and then using that to help others, the better. It really, really does um, make all of this mean something more than me just talking into a microphone every week in the office. So thank you again for listening. Uh, don't forget the end of the episode. I'm going to... Uh, tell you guys about how you can get some good freebies and some great stuff and we'll do our famous sign off and i will talk to you again next week so tune in for that and uh make sure you implement what we've spoken about today thank you once again for tuning in to today's episode of the show of be you with declan edwards I'm really pumped to hear about how you will go with applying this. As I said, it has made such an impact in my life. I'm confident it's going to make an impact in yours. So go ahead, do your meditation in the morning, do your active journaling, do your gratitude journal, and do that to-do list. Those four things together, 10 minutes in the morning, really set you up for success. And don't forget that this episode, as well as all of our other episodes and a bunch of blog articles are available for you on, now it used to be called the Wellness Library, surprise! Uh, big announcement, we are changing the name. So we're changing the name because people let us know it got a bit confusing that the Wellness Library was the free version of Pocket Coach. They didn't realize that it's the same platform, just Pocket Coach has more inclusions. It's got the testing center, it's got the guest experts, it's got the accountability calls. Right. So we have changed the name of the Wellness Library to Pocket Coach Petite. Uh, which, as the name would suggest, it's the small, slightly Frenchier version of Pocket Coach. Uh, so it still includes all of the podcast episodes from mine and Amy's podcast. It includes a bunch of articles for you to use as well. We are releasing one of the tests from the testing center on there for free as well. And that's the best part. It's, a, it's 100% free to use. So you'd be crazy not to do it. You'd be crazy not to go jump in, get access to all of these amazing tools and resources that are characterized by area of your life. Uh, so, or categorized, I should say. So if you want to work on relationships, you go into the relationship section, it's all there. You want to work on your financial mindset, it's all there. You want to work on your health, it's all there. So go ahead, jump into Pocket Coach Petite, formerly known as the Wellness Library, and let me know how you go with it. I will leave the link as always in the show notes. And until the next time we talk, which will be in a couple of days time, you know what we do. Make an impact. Start with self and be you.